Are all the measures making you moody? More on that coming up next. Welcome to Happily Ever Active, where we crack the consistency code with fitness tips on motivation, mindset, and much, much more. Now, here's your host, author of Feel Like It, and the guy with the silent O, Kelly Dell. Welcome. I'm glad you're here, especially if this is your first visit to the show. I hope you enjoyed the episode ahead, and just like every other episode, Beyond Enjoyment, I hope you find it useful in refining your fitness routine so that you can start to really look forward to exercising more than you have in the past. Sometimes those positive changes come down to a little bit of a new self-awareness, a new skill, or even just recognizing the parts of today's fitness culture that really we need to start letting go of in order to have the mindset we need for creating sustainable physical activity in our lives. So what's on the agenda today? Well, I'm going to be tackling measurement and in particular, its role in forming that positive relationship with exercising that we're all seeking. And fitness culture has more metrics than you can shake a stick at. As technology has advanced, what we measure and even how we do it has exploded. And after all, we live in the information age. So In a way, that's really not surprising. And this is where we're all at as a species. A lot of information at our disposal, a lot of ways to measure fitness, measure our behavior. And really, if it moves these days, we measure it, we track it, we analyze it, and perhaps to a fault. But how well is this all serving us today? Should we be more critical of measurement culture, or in particular, should we be a little bit more reflective and critical of? how we adopt measurement in our fitness routine. In a word, yes, but that shouldn't be a surprise to hear at this point, for me at least. So let's break things down today and see if we can't come out on the other side of this episode with some quality food for thought as you attempt to improve your motivation and your consistency. If you start considering that fitness is a relationship above anything else, and that's a claim I keep on making over and over again, and I will well into the future, you'll begin to see each time you exercise as an opportunity to build that positive bond you want. Even celebrate the positive bond that you have with fitness and your body. And, at times, sometimes protect that bond in the face of a new obstacle that presents itself. And sometimes we even create those obstacles. Those obstacles are of our own doing. And every journey, every fitness journey, has obstacles just like any other relationship. Sometimes measurement, or oftentimes measurement, is that obstacle. However, instead of celebrating how we can now measure nearly everything, which can be very cool, maybe we should question whether measurement and tracking is getting in the way of the fitness experience you're seeking. I'll say right now that not all measurement is bad. I don't want to chastise measurement and, and paint it with this broad brush. All the numbers at our disposal, just like anything else, is just data. And data can be used in a positive way. But sometimes this data, these numbers, end up using us. I often point out how there's this default way of pursuing fitness that gets perpetuated in today's fitness culture. And culturally speaking, measurement is a huge part of this default setting. We seemingly have to put a number to something. This, along with establishing a goal, which is often a number, by the way, is a top method. It's 
popular. This is just part of the way we do it. And if things have been a struggle, it's always worth questioning the default settings we accept for our fitness. Right now, that default setting goes sort of like this. You start a fitness journey and you set a goal. You over-rely on willpower and we measure, 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 and measure some more. That's part and parcel of today's popular approach to fitness. When we examine a little further, it really says, this default setting, that is, really says that fitness is about painstaking self-sacrifice towards a measurable goal, and this whole pursuit is validated further by how this pursuit affects our body. That is, fitness is less about being oneself, or even finding oneself if you want to get that profound, and more about changing oneself. One, in my opinion, can be a natural side effect of the other. If we find fitness experiences that reflect who we are, that fulfill us, the changes we seek, those changes will happen, like a side effect. And as I've rhetorically asked in the past, why can't those things be a product of having an enjoyable fitness journey? Why are those things front and center and not just a side effect? So let's go back to all these calculations. What can be easily lost amidst all the measurement that we participate in? Well, one of the main things is quality. We are often choosing quantity or the quantification of the process over the quality of the process. That is, we're choosing the output versus the experience. We fall in love sometimes with the output at the expense of the experience. And those two things can line up, but when they don't, we really have the recipe for demotivation. We really have the recipe for dropout, if you think about it a little further. The nature of the experience is important. A sustainable journey is built on intrinsic motivation. That is, fitness activities or fitness journeys that challenge us but are also enjoyable, uh, journeys that we feel like we're in control of. An intrinsically motivated journey is one that feels a certain way you really like on a week-to-week basis. And as I've said previously, you're in control of deciding what that is for you. And a lot of times we don't put a lot of thought into that decision. We sort of adopt that process of setting a goal, choosing the activities that we do without a whole lot of reflection with our eyes sort of on that prize, with with our eyes on the outcome. And I want to be clear here, we have to be aware that I'm not talking about elite high performance here. At the elite level, the question is sometimes, how do you need to feel to reach your goals? That in and of itself can mean that you are being self-sacrificial because a lot of the time we have to pass certain thresholds to pursue the limits of the human body. But for lifestyle change, it's a little bit different. The question is not how do you need to feel necessarily, it's how do you want to feel? How do you like it to feel? And the difference between need and want here is substantial. Of course, elite athletes play a huge role in today's fitness culture. That's a point I've made before, right? Fitness has almost been hijacked, though, by this notion of no pain, no gain. And that pain mindset still persists. And there's a time and a place where how you need to feel is an important conversation to have. But let's not be fooled. The magic of a happy or a happily active lifestyle which can certainly include measurable goals, 
is in feeling how you want to feel through movement, finding the physical activity that fits how you want to feel, movement that you like. And that mindset prefaces a collection of methods that are much different than what is part and parcel to high-performance culture. In general, that mindset really, that high-performance mindset really prefaces a collection of methods that are much different than the sustainable fitness, the sustainable behavior change path that I'm presuming you are trying to establish in your life. And I know there's a lot to unpack in what I just said. And yes, there's plenty of nuance. I know a lot of you, I mean myself included, I'm seeking a balance between finding sustainable physical activity, but also setting goals that give me a positive direction. And aligning those goals with how I want to feel is really important. But that's a skill. That's a skill that can be developed over time. And it's really one that we're not really taught. At least it doesn't get a lot of attention. So I think it's wonderful to be pushing your boundaries to achieve personal best. That's a motivating pursuit. I do that too. But if you feel like you're putting the quality of your physical activity at risk for some sort of metric, and that pursuit doesn't really feel like an extension of your true self, You might be undermining the positive relationship you're seeking with your body and movement. And when we look at our own personal exercise histories, the data to me is pretty clear. We don't stick to activities that don't fit us. We just don't stick to those things. No matter what numbers we chase, they will not replace the strong bond it requires to keep wanting to get up and do the work. This is why, once again, I ask you to treat your fitness like a relationship, to be nurtured, strengthened, and protected. And once you learn those skills, those sustainability skills, it's not hard to bring some measurement into the fray that aligns well. Build a strong foundation, and then you can furnish that journey with the right goals, with goals that keep you motivated and keep you interested as time wears on. In fact, measurement at that point or at this point can actually enhance the bond especially if the goals that you are chasing are realistic and you're patient in your pursuit of them. So in general, focusing on measurable goals too early before a resonating relationship can even take root can be a distraction. And again, this is the default setting in today's fitness culture. And if you agree that how you feel matters to your loyalty, which I hope you do, and how you feel matters to performance, which again, I hope you do, then treating feel as a skill we can get better at deserves much more attention, which is why I'm even talking and writing about it these days. It's glaringly absent in today's fitness culture, and it's affecting so many fitness journeys, leading some people down this self-sacrificial, judgmental, comparative path that leads to frustration, shame, low self-esteem, and really, it leads to dropout failure. As if all of these numbers that we're compiling are not just a measure of your speed, your strength, and whatnot, but your self-worth in some fashion. And right now on my website, if you go to www, do I have to say www these days? I don't know. If you go to kellydell.com, D-O-E-L-L.com, you can join my mailing list and receive a download called The Five Signs You Might Need a Motivation Makeover. And I bring that up because one of those signs on the list, one of the five is You get moody when you measure. So we have these triggers in advance of quitting that if we understand them and we tackle them a little early, 
we can probably disrupt that whole dropout cycle. And I want to expound a little more on this, at least a little more than I have already done. It really comes down to the question of the day. And I always have a question of the day, as you know. How does measurement affect your motivation? Do the numbers tend to negatively affect your mood? Are they improving your relationship with fitness or not? It really is astounding how easy it is to get wrapped up on any measure. A measure that we've turned into some sort of goal. And more than that, it's even more astounding how we let that number dictate our mood. How we let it affect how we feel about ourselves. For example, we can have a couple weeks of really enjoyable fitness. Great workouts. Workouts that we like. Workouts when they're done, we go, oh yeah, that was great. Complete with many memorable moments and have this great boost to our vitality, let's just say. And then we hop on the scale and all of that crumbles to dust because the digits aren't what we expected. Or we have a fun race where we feel really good. Where we find a sweet spot in our cadence. That's that resonance I'm talking about. Only to feel awful if our race time falls short of our goal. In fact, on the same enjoyable run, for example, we glance down at our watch and see that our split times are slower than we'd like. Only for that resonance that we are feeling to evaporate because we move from our bodies into our heads. And we start getting judgmental. It's as if we're telling ourselves again, how this feels doesn't matter. What the watch is saying trumps everything which introduces another fitness maxim you'll see a lot. And it's one I used to believe in wholeheartedly when I was a lot more competitive. You've probably heard it before. The pride lasts longer than the pain. And yeah, reaching a goal or setting a PB feels great. And it's okay to be proud of that. I feel proud of those accomplishments too. It's, the, it's, it's that pain part that we're really talking about. That's the part I like to pick apart. If you're attaching goals to physical activity that always sucks, things you never really like, that pride is important. You need that fuel. But that fuel is never guaranteed if you're playing that game. And under that pain mindset, it's easy to get trapped in self-sacrifice where happiness is earned at the end. And so this maxim, the pride lasts longer than the pain, is prevalent in high-performance sport. And sustainability is really not part of this mindset. Elite performance is about pushing boundaries, as I mentioned, especially in terms of intensity. Elite performers need to feel this intense challenge to maximize capacity. The focus is almost always on the shorter term. An elite athlete's journey isn't forever. It's a window. And if you've listened to episode 11 with Lisa Kurlowitz, uh, a former elite mogul skier, retirement can be very tricky after many years of that intense work. And by tricky, I mean the relationship with physical activity in your body can be a difficult one to rebuild. And if you're an elite athlete listening to this because you're interested about the psychology or the mental side of, of fitness, there's nothing wrong with that, okay? It's just a different performance context. I just want to separate these contexts out. I want people who are just starting their fitness journey to be a part of a conversation that really is about where they're at rather than being influenced by today's popular fitness culture, which of course, as I've said before, is heavily influenced by elite performance, and even military culture. It's very possible to push towards measurable goals that hurt your relationship with exercise. If you feel the numbers are using you rather than you using the numbers, you might need to reassess how you're doing things. That's pretty much the bottom line. 
If you already enjoy running, for example, and you're building a positive relationship or want to build a more positive relationship with running, bringing in some measurable goals can really work. It can really help bring some focus, bring some structure, and that matters, right? Having a little bit of a plan matters and goals can be an Goals can be a really integral part of that. If that positive relationship doesn't exist and you're running even though you hate it, or you haven't quite figured out how to manage the intensity so you feel like going back time and time again, a measurable goal is not really going to change that. It might string you along for a little while, but it doesn't really hold enough of that, as I called it, nutritional value, because that loyalty really comes from liking it, from taking control of the quality, taking control of the experience and not just looking ahead to the numbers you're producing. That's the nutritious part that creates strong, sustainable routines. And adding a goal, like a time goal for a race, can definitely bring that extra focus. But here's the thing. Even if you miss that goal, if you've got a strong relationship with running, with with physical activity, with fitness, even if you miss that goal, it won't crater your motivation. You might be disappointed, but that disappointment won't hold up if you love to run you'll be ready to get back out there and keep going because you're attracted to the act of running. You're attracted to the atmospheres you choose to do it in, or you really enjoy the people you run with. So the tip of the week comes down to this. Set measurable goals that align with work that you enjoy. Set measurable goals that challenge you, but don't define you. Because no matter what fitness culture says, you are worth more than any measure. With that, thanks for being here. As I mentioned, check out kellydell.com and grab that PDF, Five Signs You Might Need a Motivation Makeover, and bring some extra awareness into your fitness routine. And of course, until next time, here's to living happily ever active. This episode of Happily Ever Active has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more content on the mental side of fitness. Oh, and don't forget to rate and review the show. See you next time.